This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to BXB, the Bronx baseball podcast. C-Mac and K-Mac. And uh, yeah, the baseball is coming back to the Bronx this weekend. But before that... We got to talk about this road trip that was. Chris was on a little bit of a road trip himself, came back yeah. into this mess. Uh, I'm uh, coming out of having a cold the last few days. I moved in the last two weeks. Uh, a lot going on personally yeah. and professionally. But here we are to talk about your New York Yankees. What's up, Chris? What's going on, Keith? Yeah, no, I had a road trip. It started with the uh, – I was in the car listening to John and Susan for the – uh, Severino game against the Astros, which was fun. Uh, and then I got to try and keep an eye on while I'm, you know, my wife's yelling at me because I'm watching my phone at Epcot, watching the Yankees get, you know, trounced by the White Sox. Uh, it was just, it was a great, it was a great experience. Honestly, I needed the week away and I come right back into really the bottoming out and uh, just the, just, I mean, the first game, my first game back on the couch, being back to being my normal Yankee fan self was the the finale in Miami, which was a lot of fun. And in many ways, the, uh, you know, the the bottoming out and the epitome uh, of what this team has become unable to do any, even when they have things right, even when they have their best players are, I mean, because you could argue Clay Holmes is one of their three or four best players this year. So even when they put themselves in a position to succeed, they find ways to fail, whether it's their best players, whoever it is, they're going to find a way to blow a game. And then they go into Atlanta and just give themselves absolutely no chance to even compete with uh, the best team in baseball. So it's been a, it's been a really nice two weeks since I spoke to you. <laughs> yeah. It's been really uh, good. <laughs> I think, you good. know, the last time we had the podcast was um, after the last homestand where yeah. I think we felt all right about coming out of the deadline and uh, not being swept by the Rays and then splitting the series with the Astros. I'm not sure yeah. if it was before that. Astros yeah. I period. think the last, I think we had the live reaction to the Rizzo news was the last podcast we did. Uh, so it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was before they that seems so long ago now. I know. I know so much has happened. So many good, positive things. So uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's just, I, I, I talked about it on the, on the show last night. <clears throat> I know you've been on dual weather, but last night for me, this is now officially, you know, they're on a game under 500 this late in the season, you know, hasn't been since 1995. I mean, this is a low point, I think, for Yankee fans in the last 30 years. I mean, that's really how I feel my entire life. I'm, I'm going to be 40 years old in December. Uh, if you take in the amount of money they spent, the payroll they have, the expectations they had, the idea of 
so many pieces on the roster that you can't move on from being part of the main problem and looking to what can they possibly do in the future. I mean, this is as low a point I think they've had since 1992. I started watching the Yankees on a regular basis. The first year I remember in my mind is 1993. Uh, so I've been 30 years watching the Yankees. I don't know if I've ever felt worse about them than I do at the moment right now. Yeah, that's why I say a lot on air and <clears throat> online. Like I say, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Like how many more mm. numbers do you need to yeah. see to tell you that what you're seeing is all-time bad? This is an all-time low. So, you know, most of uh, the Yankee fans, even like our age or younger, this is the worst season they've seen. Yeah. I don't remember the 95 season. And one thing I always say about the 99 season is earlier and, and earlier is that like I didn't see Donnie baseball play. Um, right. You know, I would have loved to see him step in the batter's box. I hear about it, but I've had to watch that on YouTube and uh you know, documentaries and Yankeeography. But yeah, the Yankees fall below 500. And the latest <clears throat> or the last time that they did that was September 5th, 1995. No. But that team was able to figure it out. That team was able to get to the wild card. I don't think no. this team is figuring it out. No. And um, it sucks to say it. Um, but like, this is, this is, this is it. Like, <laughs> you couldn't go on the road and go two and seven. Uh, <clears throat> For all the folks that were holding out hope at like three and a half games back, yeah, the schedule's not going to get much easier. Mm -hmm. um, nobody feels sorry for the New York Yankees besides themselves. So, like at this point, I think we're all just looking for who to blame, and um, I think it starts at the top, and not oh. not Brian Cashman. Yeah. I mean, obviously Cashman, everybody fire Cashman. Those T-shirts are going to sell, and those T-shirts are probably going to be good and fashionable until I don't know next June. Right. Yeah. Um, but how how definitely has to take blame in a lot of this. Mm. Um, I think that they're disconnected. I think there's an identity crisis. And I think that how having, uh, you know, a seven billion dollar franchise, but even mentioning being under the luxury tax, like there's there's a disconnect there. Um, mm. Hal Steinbrenner going after a advertiser to put a twenty five million dollar patch on the jerseys but then still talking about a luxury tax threshold of saving 1.5 million. You know, I think a lot of times Brian Cashman talks about what he can do and what he can't do with the budget. Yeah. And since there is a budget, um, I think it's, it's made Brian Cashman feel like he's got to get creative or try to finesse or mm. make some, some cheap bargain bin clearance rack type moves. And it, and it hasn't worked out well. Um, and not just this year, it's been years that have led up to this year. And now you're finally starting to see that the Yankees, they're disconnected. They don't know who they are anymore. And it starts at the top with Hal and then Cashman. Those two, I, I think those two are both at, <clears throat> at fault. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question. Everyone inside the organization is at fault. But I mean, what <clears throat> what I'll say about Hal, though, while, while I agree with you and, and there are times where he could have done more. And I agree the idea of once you get to this point, like I do think it's it's somewhat reasonable. I mean, they're putting in these luxury tax rungs and, and penalties for a reason. I mean, even Steve Cohen is going to adhere to them at some point. There's everyone has a budget, and I don't think necessarily looking at the budget that that Hal Steinbrenner has an unreasonably low budget. Could it be more? Yeah. When you get to this point in the season to worry about the million dollars, then that's where I agree with you to try and save a season or try and save the franchise from where we are. That that should not be a thought, but overall in his thinking, 
I don't. There is no owner in baseball. There is no owner in sports that won't have a budget, no matter how much money the Yankees make. There's going to be a budget, and I I, I think the money he's put in is relatively good enough to be better than they are. So I'm disappointed that it's it's still he's still talking about budgets and 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 luxury tax in the middle of a crisis. But overall, like I, I had a caller last night who, who thinks they should that he wishes they would sell the team. I don't necessarily see it that way. I, I I'm fine. I think the Steinbrenner are willing. I don't that one they're not going to, and I don't think they have to. I, I think they need to. I think Brian Cashman's much more to blame in this than Hal Steinbrenner is. Hal Steinbrenner still like you know in 2019 they have the season they go out and steal the ace away from the team that beat them and bring Cole here for 326 million dollars. I mean you know I mean I, it's I. He he went out and got the Giancarlo Stan contract. Like he very rarely says just absolutely no. But see, see, Chris, uh, that's what that's what I'm saying. Where I think there's a disconnect. I think there's sometimes certain players, Giancarlo yeah. Stanton, Garrett yeah. Cole, yeah. Aaron Judge, Hal Steinbrenner's like, yeah, yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. But then once you do that, then it's like, okay, now we have to finesse and finagle the rest yes. of the spots. Yeah. Where last year, you, you clearly needed a left fielder. Yeah, no doubt. And there were some left fielders available. Mm-hmm. But Cashman decided that Oswaldo Cabrera and Aaron Hicks were good enough. That right. They were under control. They were under the payroll. They were good enough. And and that, taking that shortcut comes back to bite you, even at third base, right? An allocation of funds. There's no way in hell that you needed to put a washed-up Josh Donaldson on this team that cost you over yeah. $20 million oh. this season. Yeah, no, it was a terrible There's a trade. disconnect between yeah. what Hal is saying they can spend and what Brian Cashman does. And yeah. I don't understand how that happens. I don't yeah. understand how they're not in lockstep on every move, every way. I feel like there's a disconnect. I feel like Hal says, hey, here's your allowance. Right. And then Cashman goes and spends like 80 or 90% on, on you know one or two players and then only has 10% to, to use on the rest of the team. And then when the team fell, fails, Hal's like, oh, well, it's only June. It'll work out. <clears throat> like I, like yeah. nobody was expecting them to be this bad this year. No. I think everyone thought they were going to be a playoff team. They were projected to, to win ha- the division. I, they were projected to win the division. It was the rotation, really, worst. that's not falling apart. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm very frustrated. And obviously, yeah, I mean, I think Brian Cashman's done a horrendous job the last two years. I don't think there's any way around it. Uh, from the Donaldson trade to the 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 trade deadline of last year, trading for injured pitchers. Frankie uh, I mean, Montas. He's right? done. Well, let's he, talk about that for a second, Chris. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. All of these things lead us to here. Yeah. Last year, you traded away pitching depth. You had guys that were top prospects that were ready to become starters. You mm-hmm. traded them away for a Frankie Montas mm-hmm. and a Lou Trevino. They haven't helped the team at all this year. They haven't mm-hmm. pitched. Even with a rental in Andrew Benintendi to fix left field, that was your second attempt. You went and got Joey Gallo, who, you know, another thing I want to say, because I always hear like Evan say this on the radio about like, Oh, fans applauded that. It, it does not matter what moves the fans applaud. Fans applauded Carlos Rodon signing. It is on them to do their due diligence. It's like they, they don't look right. at these guys' medical records. It's like they don't do any deep dives into these guys' psychology and like mm. wh- whether they'll be, be able to perform under pressure here. And then when it yeah. goes bad, it's just like, oh, well, we'll pivot to the next guy. Or even in last year's deadline, when we all thought, uh-oh, we're going to get Luis Castillo and pair him with Garrett Cole, and he'll be here this year and next year. Well, the Mariners jumped in front of you because they were willing to give up prospects that you weren't. Mm. That didn't mean you had to pivot to a Frankie Montas, and you did. And you gave away three starting pitching prospects that you could have used 
this year when yeah. your pitchers went to shit. When you lost Nestor Cortez, when you you lost Luis Severino, and then he came back completely lost, yeah. and then Rodon half the year wasn't available. You needed a JP Sears. You needed a Ken Waldichuk. You <clears> needed a Luis Medina. Luckily, you have a Randy Vasquez and a Johnny Brito, but yeah. even the way you've deployed them hasn't been right. And when you said earlier, everybody's at fault, yeah, everybody's at fault too. Boone is probably going to get fired this season because they need a sacrificial lamb, but maybe not. I was actually having a thought too no, that no. they're all in lockstep. Like, yeah. like not in lockstep on their decision-making because there's a disconnect. We don't know who's in charge, how all of this nonsense has come out of there. But I feel like they're in this together and they're willing to take on the world and, and say, we, we got hit with injuries. We'll be better next year. We're running it back with Boone. We're running it back with Cashman. And Hal Steinbrenner yeah. doesn't want to fire anybody. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, I, like, listen, Cashman's not going anywhere. I, I, I firmly believe I'm at the point now where I think it makes more sense to let him go than not. I, I've made I've come full circle on it. I've admitted my mistake. He's been that bad, but he's not going anywhere. And I've been saying this for the last couple of days. I don't see a point in firing Boone if you're going to keep Cashman. Are right. you really going to allow Cashman to hire another manager? Who do you think he's going to hire? You think he's going to go hire Mark DeRosa? Know? Somebody on yeah, the fan said Mark yeah, DeRosa. Right. Everyone, and it, which makes me laugh. And nothing against Mark DeRosa. He might be a great <laughs> manager. another TV guy. How uh, well has Sean Casey done so far? He's, He's he's exactly what Aaron Boone was. He's a he's a former MLB player who's now working for TV. Like that's exactly what Boone was. You think he's going to come in there and tell the Yankees what's what? Like no. and, and tell Brian Cashman, no, we don't do it this way. Not in my house. Like if you're going to hire me, I run the show. Like that's not what's going to happen. So for me, and I don't think Boone is 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 to blame in this. Really, I mean, the, you watch the team, you think it's Boone. Like they just they just played the Braves, right? And everyone talked about look at the difference between the Braves and the Yankees. I mean, do you think it's because the manager is that much better? Like is that what happened? Did the Yankees get outclassed at manager in these three games, or did you watch a roster up and down that is far superior? Do you think if Snitker was the the Yankee right, manager would be better do you think if he doesn't Bochy, have to manage much there's yeah. not much to do if if bruce bochi in my opinion is the best manager in baseball has three world series championships and has kind of you know set the uh, the the uh, rangers on a, a great start here do you think the yankees would be you know in the first wild card or like we'd be get, licking our chops getting ready to to get a playoff series going right now if he were the manager it, it wouldn't make a difference like boone is not the problem he's not there is no solution so he's certainly not that but and if they fire Brian Cashman, then you have to fire uh, Aaron Boone. I'm fine for cleaning house. That's probably what should happen, but it's not, not going to. So if they're not man. firing Boone, but he, here's the one thing I will say, and, and uh, you know, I, people are going to get mad at me. I'm on the record. The thing that probably should happen is clean house. They're not going to to fire Brian Cashman. 
I think a lot of the problem with the Yankees is they looked at last year and whether you saw it coming, whether I saw it coming, whether the fan base saw it coming or not, they deemed last year as somewhat successful. They won 99 games, won the toughest division in baseball that had three playoff teams in it and were one of the final four and lost to the World Series champs. Yep. They don't they don't see that no matter how the second half played out. They would they were able to tell themselves, hey, we lost Benintendi and we lost LeMahieu. That's part of the reason why the second half looked the way it did. It's part of the reason why we weren't competitive in that series. Michael King as well. You know, Michael King as well. I mean, he was in he was one of the the most uh, you know dominant relievers in the sport for a while. And that's why we you could play that game and go back to the last 200 and tell me we're 100 and 101 or whatever. Like a lot of that was injuries last year. The first half, we were the best team in baseball and we made it to the final four. Matt and Carpenter we felt, as well. Matt Carpenter. Yeah, exactly. Matt Carpenter breaks his foot. So there's a lot of reasons that the Yankees could tell themselves whether they're right or wrong. At least in my mind, I can say, all right, I disagree with you, but you have an argument. You yeah. have at least some kind of ability to say. I see where you went wrong. I see. I can see how you felt that way, even though I think you were being too gracious to yourself. At least you can make the case that, yeah, they were somewhat. Then all these things happened. It's almost like the Rizzo thing. He was a good player. Then there was a line of demarcation and something happened. And then from that point on, they were bad. You can point to all those injuries and say to yourself, look at what we were. Then look what happened. Look what we became. And yet still 99 wins, win a division, get to the ALCS. And I'm not I'm just telling you their thought process. So I think when coming off that season, they told themselves, hey, we can retool this thing. We'll add that great starting pitcher. And, yeah, we'll we'll probably still struggle a little bit offensively and certainly in left field. We'll attack it at the deadline because we'll be winning enough considering the rotation where I'll be able to go out there and really attack the deadline and feel good about trading prospects for a legitimate left fielder. And the rotation, Frankie Matas is our number five. Severino has been nothing but an ace every time he stepped foot on the mound. Nesta Cortez has been a revelation for the last two years. And we just signed uh, the top – the number three best pitcher, according to Major League Baseball last year, heading into the season, and Carlos Rodon. And we and King is coming back. The bullpen's good. We have a legitimate rotation. And we'll probably end up relying on that more than the offense. But we have the best player in baseball and judge. And we'll get through until the deadline. That's what they told themselves. I still believe, as crazy as I am, if Brian Cashman is retained at GM, he can't have those same discussions anymore. Right. He can't look at this team now and make those arguments. They have completely fallen on their face. It's going to be the worst team he's ever put together. And that's with Vernon Wells hitting cleanup at different years. And that's with, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the that's worst. When, Chase, uh, Chris Chase Carter Ed- getting uh, Lyle Oval Bay at first, Chase Headley at third, uh, you know, uh, Vernon <laughs> Wells was, uh, in the middle of the lineup. And this is the worst that he's ever had in his entire tenure at GM. So he can't have that same opinion moving forward. And he's whether or not it's shortstop. Right. And <laughs> and whether or not he's made mistakes over the last few years, he has. I still don't believe he is a bumbling idiot. He's been doing it too long. I know they've been in one World Series in 20 years. It's not good enough. And again, move on from him. I'm all on board. But they're not going to. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.